Javeria Sadiq, thank you so much for taking time to talk to us here at the social newsroom. Um, it's been 78 days, I guess, since um, the unfortunate incident that happened to your husband here in Kenya. Just to establish, where exactly are you? Um, I'm a journalist as well. My name is Javeria Sadiq, and I'm a wife of late journalist Arsha Sharif, who was killed in Kenya on 23rd October uh, 2022. And... Uh, let me tell you about Arshad as well, that uh, he was a very famous journalist in Pakistan and he was an investigative journalist and anchor. He was very popular, million of people following him on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and he was widely loved uh, by the Pakistani people. And even still, uh, more than 75 days passed, uh, his grave is full of petals. Uh, people daily visit his uh, grave and give him a tribute and respect. And other than his uh, journalism, he was professional photographer by hobby as well. And I'm also a photographer by hobby. And we both are journalists, so we share mutual hobbies and interests. And like life was a very good and normal uh, till uh, lots of cases registered against him in Pakistan. Or, like he was a very fearless journalist now. So he did so many stories against the corruption of ruling elite and powerful quarters of Pakistan. So he was booked in 16 fake cases in Pakistan. So he left country in a hurry. First, he went to Dubai. Then he don't have uh, much visas on his passport. So he come to your um, country. I was a bit relaxed at that time that now he's safe and no one is going to like harm him or hurt him because in Pakistan he was getting a death threats uh, that uh, we will shot, uh, shoot you in the head. And the same is going to like executed in your country and I'm like how this has happened I'm still in a shock because uh, I was uh, thinking that he's safe now. So um, like uh, he was already um, educated uh, journalist. Uh, he did his uh, master's from Elster University, Ireland. Uh, then uh, like he did uh, journalism in uh, English language as well. He was associated to foreign media. Then in local media as well. And, and he was a prime time anchor. Uh, our life is like um, shattered, destroyed after this incident. Uh, I still don't believe this that this thing happened to us and like he's gone. Every day I wait for him. I want him to come back. But when he come back to Pakistan, he was in coffin. So sorry, Javeria. So sorry about this. Um, you've talked so lovingly about, um, you know, some of the things that uh, Arshad was doing in Pakistan. I just want to take you back. The two of you are journalists. Maybe just fill us in into... Uh, the kind of man he was, how the two of you met, um, and in your professional career, how you both handled uh, balancing, you know, family time, husband and wife, and also your professional career, being an investigative journalist, and all that comes with it. You've talked about 16 cases that were booked in Pakistan, the death threats uh, on his life. Um, how did the two of you meet, and how did you manage balancing family and professional life? 11 years back, we got married because we both were like a, a photographer as a by hobby. So uh, that was the main link between uh, our friendship or this marriage. And it was a love kind of arranged marriage. And we spent such a good time together. Uh, 
and he gave me so much editorial freedom in my work and i also never interfere in his work he was in like uh, um, tv journalism and i was in into more print and digital journalism i much focused towards his social media as well i run his social media um i work with him as well but my mostly work for his like from the work from home and i give like uh, um maximum uh, like uh, comfort and freedom to him as well he was very workaholic he loved to read books and he loved to like uh, um uh, do photography he loved to do hiking uh, but when it's come to work he was very workaholic sometime he uh, like only take a four hour nap or five hour nap he was just focused toward work sometime so i never interfered him in his work and he never interfered uh, me in my work as well and he always celebrated my uh, small achievement because i am a mid career journalist and he was like uh, accomplished and a seasoned and a senior journalist of pakistan and in next month uh, uh, it will be a 58th uh, birthday uh, coming of arshad but he's not uh, he's no more with us but he's still alive in our memory uh, he was like he do always investigative stories and investigative stories was not my like uh, cup of tea or not not my beat so i never interfere in his work but uh, when we got married 11 years back i since remember on uh, those days we got threat uh, from the same powerful quarters because he was doing even the uh, journalism at uh, that kind of journalism at that time as well so uh, from day one he was fearless and he was focused uh, toward uh, the people who were who were doing still corruption in pakistan and looting the resources of common people and uh, people are getting uh, poor day by day and ruling elite is getting richer day by day so he was like uh, he hate corruption and he always exposed uh, corruption of uh, ruling elite and he was like uh, he was expert in multiple language uh, he was good at writing he was good at speaking and uh, he was very handsome as well so i cherish all those memories but still i'm uh, i'm very hurt uh, from the like government of kenya and the judicial system uh, as well because i have written a letter to everyone like your judicial uh, commissions and your judiciary and your president william roto i'm thinking to write letter to first lady as well and the vice president mr rati uh, as well and uh, i have written to your interior ministry and foreign ministry as well and no one is like giving me uh, help in this regard to getting justice for my husband because i need to know there there like number of people like hundred of people uh, monthly visit your country it's a beautiful country i have heard that uh, it's full of uh, natural resources it's full of flora fauna they have lots of animals and safaris why only one particular person my husband is targeted by your police and they openly like uh, uh, said this to all that yes we did it and we did it by mistake how they can kill someone some human being who is loved by his family his country his, his wife how they can kill someone by mistake why they have uh, shot him in a head it was so traumatic to see him like that in the morgue and hospital even i can't able still uh, to re- remove those images from my memory those moment from the memory i can't sleep i can't eat i can't drink anything because of this trauma because i can't forget those bullet wounds on my husband's body so i have to ask from your police why they have targeted my husband because the threats he was getting 
in Pakistan that we will assassinate you and we will uh, shoot you in the head. It was it will executed. How that is possible? It is executed in uh, in your country in Kenya. So I need to know so many things, but there is no one who is cooperating with me in Kenya, other than me. So, Javeria, speaking to um, at least three Pakistani journalists um, on the day that uh, your husband was murdered, the feel I got and what we got here as Ken Media was he was a very bold and very courageous man exposing corruption in Pakistan. Just to take you back a bit before we now come into the why and the how, you talked about him leaving Pakistan, going to Dubai. Why did he, ha why did he come to Kenya? Because uh, someone from uh, the Dubai Authority uh, came into his hotel and said to him that we are under pressure by your government. So leave our country or we are going to deport you back in Pakistan. So he don't have any other option because he don't have visas. And as per Pakistani, we get on arrival visa on very limited country. So he came to uh, Kenya and then he was like uh, after few you can say month or a days he was brutally assassinated and we are still in trauma that uh, on that night what was happened to him because he was talking to family he was talking to friends he was talking to colleagues and suddenly messages stopped delivering on his phone then we got the news that he's no more so it's so traumatic i still don't believe that this is what happened to us and to our family uh, because um, our beloved Arshad is gone. It's not easy to accept this reality. And like uh, more than 75 plus days and we are not uh, getting answers for our questions and we are not getting justice uh, for Arshad and for ourselves uh, because um, your government and your authorities are not cooperating with us. Whenever I start uh, going to like text them, uh, them or email them, they said, we will going to talk to your government as well. Why government is going to like uh, give us a justice? Because he was like running from this government. Now he was saving his life. He was hiding in the Kenya. And someone like did, it's, it's like a targeted assassination. It's a targeted killing. It's I'm not uh, buying this argument from your police and from your G GSU that it's a mistaken identity. No, it is pre-planned murder. When he left Dubai, uh, because I'm under the impression from what you've said, uh, the Dubai authorities told him that they were under pressure from the Pakistani government to make sure that he leaves Dubai, coming to Kenya. What was your last conversation with him as he was coming to Kenya or when he settled in Kenya? Did he want to stay here in Kenya, hide in Kenya, wait for things to cool down, or was he still working on something while he was still in the country? When he uh, left uh, Dubai, he sent me a text on WhatsApp and he said to me that they have asked me to leave Dubai, so I'm going somewhere far away in jungles. Now, I said, where you are going? So I can't tell you my location uh, because it's not safe. Uh, they will like uh, they are going to like uh, find me or chase me, and I'm still in under threat. So when he came uh, to your country, he never told his family about the exact location. Where is he? In which city or country he is, and where he's hiding. But he do sometimes video calls and uh, he did some messages or calls. So I get to know that he's mostly spending his time inside his uh, room of uh, the penthouse, which was given by his host to him for uh, a temporary refuge. And he said to me, I will come back 
uh, to Pakistan in December. And I'm hopeful that things will be get better in Pakistan and for me. So I'll come back. Uh, but for the time being, I'm hiding here because my life is under danger. So he did tell you that he was hiding here in Kenya? No. I come to know on the same uh, day when he was like uh, brutally assassinated. Uh, on that day, I come to know because people start calling me, uh, journalists start calling me. I don't know from where they get my number, but I start, uh, I start getting calls uh, from the Kenya and from Kenyan media and uh, from his uh, colleague as well. He told me like about um, 2 a.m. in Pakistan that uh, this is what happened to Arshad in on 23rd. We come to know on 24th October. So your husband was assassinated, as you've just put it, targeted assassination on the 23rd of October 2022 uh, outside uh, Nairobi. Uh, just take us through your thoughts uh, because you are living with these threats. Arshad was living with these threats, moving from Dubai, coming to Kenya, where he thought he was going to be safe. Just take us through your thought process not just as a wife, but also as a journalist, uh, with everything that was happening, receiving the news and all these calls coming in that this is what has happened to Arshad. You know, um, things has been uh, changed for us uh, when the government uh, has been changed in Pakistan, like uh, uh, when they have uh, with the, like um, some vote of uh, no confidence, they have removed Imran Khan and they have bring the new prime minister. So uh, Arshad become very vocal against this regime change and uh, he want to uh, democracy uh, uh, in Pakistan in a like uh, that way that one prime minister is going to complete his tenure for five years. So he was a bit hurt and he started criticizing everyone and especially the powerful quarters in Pakistan, including uh, military, government, everyone. So uh, when he was booked in uh, 16 cases, I was still uh, like in a hope that he uh, we will get the justice and all these fake cases uh, will be um, closed by the judiciary. Uh, but he didn't get any uh, kind of uh, like... Uh, uh, refuge or any kind of like help in this regard and when he left he don't have any visas i asked him a uh, lots of time when he was in your country because he did calls uh, to me video calls to me i said to uh, i don't know where are you right now but you should go to some safer place let me talk to some country and you uh, you'll get uh, uh, residency or asylum he said i don't want any asylum or i don't want any uh, residency i'm completely for here uh, just to like uh, hiding and to save my life when things will get better i'll come back to you uh, because i was suffering uh, from uh, covid at that time so i can't able to travel along with him or i can't join him even later because still in uh, still till september i was in my recovery phase so uh, I requested him a number of times that you should uh, go to some safer place or some kind of uh, where journalists are a bit safer or with, uh, with freedom of speech uh, is good at that countries. But he uh, never uh, decided for that thing. And he was just uh, hopeful that he will come back to his country. And when he, I think he started uh, feeling a bit safe in Kenya, uh, then he started, I think, going out. And uh, then uh, the assassinators or the whoever planned this uh, from Pakistan and, and executed in Kenya, uh, they have targeted him. Because I still don't believe this. He was a harmless man. He never um, hold a weapon in his hand. He was a very peace-loving uh, person, a pet lover. 
he loved and respect humanity. He never uh, raised a voice uh, uh, on anyone. Um, he respect women. He respect children. Uh, he loved uh, uh, nature, and he was very kind. And he always gave lots of lots of charities. So why they have targeted only my husband when the number of uh, uh, like uh, visitor visit your country? And in the same uh, in the same manner in which uh, people have threatened him in Pakistan that we are going to shoot you, and it was like executed by your police. I don't know about the um, uh, corruption level or uh, the professionalism of your police, but I'm very much disappointed about the system uh, which is existing in your country, uh, especially the judiciary and then uh, your this police uh, system and even this IPOA, they never uh, responded to my uh, queries and my email. They always said, uh, we are a government organization, we can only talk to you, but treat me like a human now, treat me like a victim. I have this, my husband in on your soil, then you are answerable to me. I, I don't think so. There is there some kind of justice uh, uh, exist in the country or not. I have a question from all Kenyans like to support me in this cause. I need justice for my husband who is a very loving person and who is exposing the corruption of ruling elite of my country. Why mm -hmm. he was assassinated at your soil? I need this answer. And where is the and, and where is that uh, police uh, people? Where they are? Are they in the custody of police? Are they in custody of IPOA when they are uh, going into a prosecution? Why no one is giving answers to my questions? I need them to be punished as per your law. So, Javeria, um, since that incident happened, has the Kenyan government or any institution reached out to you officially to tell you what happened or the progress of the investigation? No. No one uh, is responded to my emails and no one has still uh, contacted to me. I tag everyone on Twitter. I also have a verified account and verified YouTube. I uh, tag them in my open letter. Then I have find out the emails of each and every concerned person of the police and GSU and the other uh, Ministry of Interior, Defense and this uh, foreign office. Uh, now I'm thinking to write to even First Lady of um, Kenya as well and the Vice President as well and even to opposition uh, leader as well that I, someone is going to be uh, like answerable to me because uh, your police uh, state has killed my husband. So they are responsible to give me justice now. And when they are uh, going to prosecute or prosecute them, and when they are going to punish them. So no one is since after like this 78 days, no one has contacted me and no one has uh, even sent me a single letter or email about the this unfortunate incident for like even condolences. They never send me a single uh, line of a message or email. So Javeria, a day after this happened, the detectives and officers from the Pakistani intelligence service who visited uh, Kenya to work with our local investigators to get to the bottom of what happened. You've said you've not had any official communication from the Kenyan side, but have you heard anything from the Pakistani side? Uh, Pakistani Supreme Court has taken the Somoto uh, notice for this case and this case is right now in Supreme Court. First they have sent fact-finding uh, mission to your country. Now they are uh, sending a joint investigation team uh, into your country to get like uh, more evidence and more things. But you know, um, someone uh, in Pakistan 
planned this everything and the police executed this thing in your on your soil so there are two aspects of this merger and there are two type of like uh, uh, people who are involved in this so for me uh, when they will uh, uh, be in the uh, when they will be behind the bars and they will get like punishment, uh, whichever your law uh, um, tell us uh, about uh, in, for such for such crimes, then I will get the justice. When the all policemen uh, will get uh, punishment as per your law. Uh, Jabri, just listen, just listen, just listening to you. You believe the planners of this were in Pakistan and the executors were in Kenya. You're talking about, you know, justice. Do you do you feel uh, you will ever get it? For Pakistan, I say no. For Kenya, if uh, they believe on law, uh, if they give justice to uh, people who are victim in such kind of cases, then I'm hopeful that I will get justice and uh, killers will be behind the bar soon. Uh, but if uh, they practice uh, same things like um, police and other departments are, do this in Pakistan, then I'm not hopeful for, from both countries. They will not give justice to us. It's a long, uh, it's a long, painful journey of fight for justice. But I know there is nothing, uh, just darkness ahead. Um, the two autopsy reports contradicting each other, the Kenyan side, um, the autopsy report coming from Pakistan uh, indicated that Arshad was tortured before he was murdered. Uh, just please share with us any more detail you might have from your end uh, on the two autopsy reports. The both uh, reports have different findings and I always think about one thing that uh, I pray from Allah, God, that uh, I wish he is not going, to, uh, he was not tortured before his death. I feel so traumatic even to saw uh, those images on TV because I didn't uh, see his hand in the uh, in mortuary or in postmortem room. Uh, I just see uh, the bullet wounds and I was like shattered and I was like, uh, I was crying a lot. So I never met him like a journalist over there. I like, I just see him like a wife and it was very painful. So both have a contradiction in their reports and everyone have their own uh, perspective for this case and everyone have their own killers and uh, own beneficiary in this case. And no one is like uh, um, ready to give me a justice for my husband who was brutally killed. And, you know, it was it was very traumatic to see him with all those uh, bullet wounds. Uh, I don't know why uh, they targeted innocent journalist on head and not even head, but they, uh, they fired bullet on his like upper back as well and lower back as well. I don't know what they got from this, but I think there, there is some kind of planning behind this and it's a pre-planned murder. I mean, Javeria, sorry again for all the emotions and everything that you're going through in trying to find justice for your husband. I know you did an open letter to the president, as he mentioned earlier, in the event, and just in case is watching or he ever, if he ever gets a chance to watch you now, what would you want the Kenyan president, William Ruto, to do for you? Um, I have a request from a uh, president of Angry Sorry. 
that give justice to my family and put all those captured behind the bars who killed my innocent, harmless husband in such a brutal manner and give justice to me and my family. At least they should send us some kind of condolence message or some email to us. And he, I, I'm seeking for justice and I'm looking towards him and his office uh, to punish all those culprits who are behind this assassination, the planners in Africa and the ex ex executors in Kenya. Okay, Javeria. Um, what we can promise here at Semabox and here at the social newsroom is we want to keep this story alive. We want to keep his memory alive. The sacrifices he made as an investigative journalist and being one, I know it's, 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 it's tough working in an environment where you are pursued by people and threats all around. I'm just wondering, and maybe this as we just uh, wind up, are you getting any help from the Pakistani journalists? Are they pushing this story forward? Are they keeping the story alive? A uh, few journalists from Pakistan, even from international community, even from uh, your own country, Kenya. Uh, they always supported me in this cause. And even uh, the social media uh, people, members, uh, were using uh, this Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. They're keeping alive this issue and they are supporting us and uh, a large number of uh, member of public they are also uh, supporting us and uh, we'll try to get justice in this case it is not easy but still we are trying yeah right so finally uh javeria how would you want us especially um uh, journalists all over the world uh, because this affected journalists all over the world uh, for those who are also coming up in this field and for the sake of humanity, how would you want Arshad Sharif to be remembered? Uh, first of all, I want to request human rights organizations, law organizations and media organizations to uh, help me uh, to take justice in my husband's case. Um, then uh, Arshad was a very uh, brave man. Uh, he did so many good things in his life. Even his legacy is alive. Uh, people still share his quotes, uh, videos, his book, uh, uh, and he's shaheed in our concept. He's alive. Uh, so um, I, I request everyone to like uh, always uh, hate corruption. Always raise your voice against corruption and uh, always uh, support the truth and the facts and love your country. He loved his country uh, till his uh, last uh, breath. He never take any asylum. He never uh, take any residency. He wanted to come back to his own country. And he always uh, says to me when we got married that hero dies young. And he died at a very young age and he left me. So it was just a very famous quote. He always keeps saying that he dies. So uh, in the fight of truth and the fight of against corruption, he left us, but his legacy is alive. Well, thank you so much, Javeria, for your time. Like you've just said, he's left a legacy. And from the Pakistani journalists that I've spoken to, he was an icon, he was a role model that many were emulating and that those who still look up to the works that he did, the boldness, the courage in which he undertook his job and exposing corruption in government and the high places. 
he his was a calling that's what i've heard from my friends from pakistan that he died in his calling so i just pray and hope that you will find this justice like you've said it's a long journey it's not easy but uh, we just pray and hope that you will find closure and you'll find this justice whether it's from the kenyan side or from the pakistani side but many thanks and uh, thank you so much for taking your time to uh, talk to us thank you